This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 360. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by Mr. Producer, Extraordinaire, Co-Chief, Big time, you know, super dog over there, Matthew Marister. What's yeah, up, dude? Yeah, yeah. How are you doing, man? Your title just keeps getting longer and longer. Yeah, I mean, you're just throwing extra stuff in there to trick people into thinking that one of those things sticks, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so today we are live for the first time ever. Those of you that are only listening to the audio, I'm sorry, you're missing out because we are live for the first time ever on Facebook and YouTube simultaneously using a new program uh, to, to make that possible. And we're super excited. So we'll maybe even have more comments than is usual from both those that choose to view us on Facebook and YouTube. Today's topic is all about ankle carry and other non-traditional carry methods. Uh, we'll, we'll especially focus on the ankle carry piece and we'll see where the discussion takes us today. It should be a good one, though. We're looking forward to this episode with all of you. Today's episode made possible and brought to you by Wilderness Tactical. In fact, specifically the Wilderness Tactical Ankle Cuff, which I was totally going to have one sitting right here so I could show those on uh, the camera here, and I left it out in the truck. Oh, well. But the uh, ankle cuff. I've actually got a different one on, and I'm not going to mention that, but uh, I, I'm, I'm actually trying something else because that's what I do as a reviewer, but I also have the Wilderness Tactical Ankle Holster. So I'm actually, and, and this is kind of part of today's episode, is I've got an ankle you know, carried gun, and I've also got an IFAC on my ankle, and then I was going to have the, the Wilderness Tactical ankle IFAC ready as well to, sh to show folks. But we're talking about all that today. But Wilderness Tactical makes some great high-quality products. And so I'd encourage you to check them out. We have the ankle cuff available for sale on our site at concealedcarry.com. And we have, and you can also go to thewilderness.com, which is their website. And you can see the whole lineup of Wilderness Tactical products. And so cool stuff there. Today's episode also sponsored by Guardian Nation. And folks, you've been, if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, then you should be familiar with Guardian Nation and everything it has to offer. But if you're not, head on over to GuardianNation.com and check out all the great benefits of membership. It's super cool. In fact, we have Guardian Nation members watching right now, and I'm pretty sure they agree with me. So, And by the way, you can take advantage of a free 14-day trial of Guardian Nation just so you can get familiarized with everything. And check that out at concealedcarry.com forward slash 14 day, one four D-A-Y. So uh, because uh, Mark says that I like to add a lot of filler, uh, I guess it's time to stop talking and <laughs> uh, get into today's uh, episode content. Uh, today's episode, again, we're talking about ankle carry and other non-traditional carry methods. But let's start with the ankle carry piece. So Matthew, I mentioned that uh, I'm carrying right now uh, ankle, and uh, in fact, I'll just take this off. Those that are able to view, you'll see here, I've got the Wilderness Tactical Ankle Holster here, and I've got in there my Ruger LCP-2, which I think is a really great, really great gun uh, for, for this kind of purpose. 
I like the LCP2 a lot. It's actually pretty easy to shoot compared to the first generation LCP. Fits really nicely in this. And th this ankle, particular ankle holster has kind of this soft, well, almost wool-like. It's not wool, but you know, it's just this soft material that goes up against the leg where the gun is located specifically. And then we have a little retention strap over the back of the gun. It should keep it in there even if I am you know, running or moving around. Um, there you go. So that's that's an ankle holster right there. And I'll just start off first, Matthew, by saying that ideally, if you're, say, a right-handed shooter, you should probably carry your ankle gun, you know, your gun on your ankle on your non-dominant side. Agreed. Right. Yep. Because generally you want to wear it on the inside of the of the leg or ankle. Uh, that generally I think conceals best. And because of that nature. Uh, the nature of that, then you'd want that to be on your left leg if you're a righty uh, so that it's easier to grab and and draw from. Now, you could actually, and some people do carry on the outside of the leg on an ankle holster, and you'd probably want to do that than on your dominant leg. But in my experience, like I said, I've had better success concealing this when it's on the inside of the leg. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's a common question that a lot of people ask about like ankle carry, what, what, you know, where on which, which leg on the inside, outside. Um, just like you said, uh, you know, the body drawing from the inside of the leg is, is probably a little, a little bit easier. And, and we could talk about different ways you can draw on everything. But also, um, if you've never worn a, an ankle holster, uh, Try putting it, the gun on the outside of your ankle and see how many times you smash it into like the side of a table or, or yep. things it, it, because it sticks out and you're not used to having something out there. Even when you put it on inside, you know, sometimes you, you know, I, I carried a, a Glock 27 uh, as a, as a backup gun and I carried it in an ankle holster for quite some time um, because I was issued a 22. So I, you know, same caliber and all that stuff, but um, while I was on duty. And uh, it took a little bit of getting used to because, you know, even walking with it on the inside, sometimes, you know, you, you'll you'll kick it or, you you know, you'll hit it up against something. Um, but especially if you put it on the outside. So it kind of protects the gun and it helps to facilitate some easier uh, drawing from from the ankle uh, position, which is a little bit more difficult as it is anyway. So yep. why make it more difficult by putting it on the outside? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so. You know, again, you can make the outside ankle method work. I just, I haven't found it to be as ideal. So good summary, Matthew. Uh, now to draw from an ankle holster, usually what you would do is simply kneel down, right? Uh, because you got to get down to your ankle, mm -hmm. right? And so you would, for me, being right-handed and carrying on the inside of my left ankle, I would either step forward with my left foot or maybe I'd even step back with my right foot. Either way, I'm going to make it so that my left knee is up, reach down, and it usually works best to use two hands to pull up the pant leg. Mm -hmm. You got to get it up and out of the way. I've struggled, you know, doing it one-handed. Can you do it? Yes, it's slower. You got to kind of pull up maybe one. And granted, there's a lot of considerations like your the pants you're wearing, how baggy the legs of the pants are, you know, that kind of stuff will, will play into this, of course. But, uh, you know, most of the time these days I'm wearing uh, 511 Tactical Defender Flex jeans, which are a straight leg. They're not super baggy. They're not super tight. 
but they definitely are tight enough that I can't just reach down with one hand and pull my pant leg up and have access to my gun. So I either got to pull up one side, pull, you know, reach around, pull the other side or use two hands. So it's going to depend on if you have one or two hands available. But anyway, you're going to pull up your pant leg and then draw your gun. And you'd probably at that point, it, it would make sense to just go right to using that gun, probably from that kneeling position. Okay. Of course, you could stand back up and, and, and fire, but uh, that's probably like the first thing I want to talk about. In fact, there's a question from Ghost Tactical. Uh, actually, that was the, I put up the wrong one. There we go. He's, he asked, what do you think about ankle carry for primary carry? And I think this is a relevant question. Mm-hmm. So, Matthew, your thoughts on carrying a gun on your ankle as, a, as your primary weapon? Yeah, I think it, it's and maybe this is a good segue into uh, other alternative methods of carry. I think if you're choosing ankle carry as your primary method of carry, it would be because other methods are not available to you, right? Like you can't carry inside the waistband or outside the waistband for whatever reason. Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shoot for ankle carry to be my primary, but if it is, and, and and that's what it is, then, you know, you have to make it work. Um, there are some situations where ankle carry may be primary. Maybe you have to, you know, be in a, in a, a deeper concealment type uh, environment, right? Where, um, where you can't typically carry around your, around your waist or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's certainly, I think we even had a, a, a podcast listener send in a, a, in a question and said, like, he was going, um, going to get fitted for a tuxedo for, for a wedding. And, and he said, Hey, I, you know, obviously they're going to be taking measurements and stuff. Should I carry ankle carry or how should I carry? And it was like, well, you're probably going to, you know, they're probably going to take your measurements and on the ankle too. So, um, so that kind of segues into like other off body carry type positions, but yeah, there are certain times that maybe uh, ankle carry would be your primary method, but I mean, for me, if I'm being honest, I would say you probably wouldn't want that to be your method to carry uh, if you had other options. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, ankle carry is not ideal at all for your primary gun. Uh, again, maybe that that's where you have to carry based on a certain situation uh, that limits you from being able to carry elsewhere. It's hard for me to kind of imagine that somewhat because... Well, no, I can I can think of a couple situations, but I was just thinking, you know, like if I was carrying, it's not like you're wearing pants and, well, I guess you could wear pants and no shirt <laughs> yeah. or something, you know. I mean, it's not something I really do. I'm not like out in my yard, you know, wearing full length blue jeans and no shirt, showing off your abs and everything. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, got some <laughs> sweet abs over here, but. um yeah, as a, as a primary, it's definitely not ideal, right? Because this is probably – it's one of the slower draw methods or, or draw, uh, you know, options, right? It, it takes some time. You got you to gotta get down to the gun. You got to get the pan up. Then you got to get the gun out, you know, and defeat some, some sort of uh, a retention mechanism, which, you know, maybe is probably not that big a deal, but it, it all adds up, like time adds up. Uh, in fact, I was in uh, Jeff Gonzalez's Trident Concepts uh, class, the uh, Concealed Carry Instructor Development class, well, like a month or two ago now, and he he demonstrated ankle carry uh, in front of the class, 
and we were just kind of like measuring his speed. Uh, you know, and he, he's well practiced with it and very experienced uh, as an instructor. And you know, on average, probably a good two to two and a half seconds at least, right? Whereas your normal draw, I mean, and that's that's assuming nothing goes wrong, right? That your pants don't get hung up or whatever, right? Uh, so that's, that's basically double your normal draw speed. At least it is for sure for me. And honestly, there's probably individuals out there that aren't going to be even that fast drawing from the ankle. And then let's throw this into the mix. Uh, if you have physical limitations, meaning if you have bad knees or a bad hip or something like that, uh, you're, or, or, or you're overweight and kind of weak and, and like, just think about what this means for you. Once you go to that kneeling position, it is a more compromised position and you may not be able to get back up some of you, right? So you got to give that some thought. Uh, and, and again, the compromised part of it, that it's a lot more, difficult of a position you're just you're just more vulnerable from a kneeling position when we're talking like in close quarters right there's definitely situations it makes sense like maybe you're taking cover behind something like okay mm-hmm. cool that works out great but if it's if this is like a face-to-face encounter that is a kind of a bit of a losing proposition to put yourself already on the ground that's where you want to avoid getting to is the ground when you're in a fight with somebody so some things to think about. So we, if we're going to get into ankle carry, we need, especially if this is going to be your primary carry mode, uh, you need to be aware of those, some of those factors and uh, consider all of that. So now as a secondary option, as a backup, I don't have any problem with ankle carry because uh, hopefully you don't ever have to get to that backup. And at least if you are carrying a backup on your ankle, well, at least you have an, a backup, whereas a lot of people don't. Our, you know, obviously, it could be debated as to how, how necessary a backup gun is in the first place. But can you certainly carry one? Sure. And so why not? And where's a good place to maybe do that? Ankle. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. And I would add uh kind of a, a layer to the backup gun and, and not just for ankle carry but any any time you carry a backup gun um lots of times you know everybody trains with their primary method of carry um and they say well i'll just have a backup just in case you know my 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 main gun goes down or i can't get to it or whatnot but they don't spend a lot of time practicing drawing from their fr- from that backup gun um wherever they might carry it and and so you certainly can do that on the range, but the other aspect of it, and then I've seen this, um, and, and I saw this in real life with other cops, right? Um, and, and depending on what your lifestyle is like, what you what activities you're doing, um, I have seen people forget or cops forget that they have a off a, a, a backup gun, and they're fighting with the suspect, and th- you may have all the training in weapons retention on your main duty holster and how you retain that gun. But you start grappling with a, with a suspect on the ground or you're fighting with somebody. And all of a sudden they have access to this gun that you've never really tried to um, practice maintaining that gun and, and keeping somebody from taking it from you in a fight. So think about trying to, keep control over a gun that's on your ankle while you're fighting. It it may be difficult. Um, I've seen also, you know, less than ideal ankle holsters in a foot pursuit or fighting a a suspect and a gun goes flying out. And all of a sudden, 
you know, cops are saying there's a gun on the ground. It's like, no, that's, that's his, that's the cop's gun. Like, don't shoot this dude. Like yep. that's the, you know, so it's like, um, make sure your gear, depending on, and not everybody's fighting with everybody all the time or jumping over fences. Right. But if you do lead a, an active lifestyle or something like that, just understand that there are some, some little considerations you have to make if you're going to carry a backup gun, whether it's on your ankle or small back or wherever it is, um, that you can still maintain that gun possession of that gun. You know, it's there. The gear is going to hold up. It's not going to go flying out when you're running or, you know, chasing after your kid in the mall. And then all of a sudden the gun goes flying out and you're like, Oh, whoops. Um, that kind of be a bad, bad spot to be in. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so some other, you know, great comments and questions and things here. Uh, for instance, a question from Brian, uh, he says, uh, would ankle weights help you get used to it? And I think he also commented elsewhere, something about, I, I think he's recognizing the fact that, that it, there's kind of this um, imbalance of weight, uh, with an ankle holster and gun. Uh, and that certainly is that that's pretty much true for most setups that it, that is definitely like, I definitely feel that imbalance in a setup like this wilderness tactical ankle holster. Uh, but you know, if a, if a holster is designed well, if the ankle cuff itself is designed well, uh, you may feel that imbalance, but it shouldn't necessarily be un or insecure. Uh, so, you know, there, there, there's, of course, there's all kinds of different ankle holsters out there. Uh, you pay what you get for, as is the case with most things in life. And I've definitely seen some that are just utter crap, like don't even bother with them. I won't throw out any names, but, you know, I would expect to pay. I don't remember what the Wilderness Tactical one costs, but I'm guessing, you know, 50 bucks-ish at least. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in that ballpark or more. There's a great holster, uh, I think. Galco, yes, Galco has an ankle holster that's just fa fantastic. It's it's probably one of the it probably is the best one out there. Tr truth be known, uh, but uh, you know it's probably like eighty or ninety dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So the point is, like, don't go on Amazon, spend twenty bucks, and expect you're getting a good quality ankle holster. It's it doesn't work that way. So. This wilderness one I like. I, I can wear it all day. It's it's pretty comfortable. Uh, so so that works. And, and I don't. Again, I mean, I, I kind of feel that imbalance for a while, but you you get used to it. Now, in the case of like a ankle IFAC, you know, the pockets the way they are, you can you know you generally have gear lined up you know around the perimeter of it, so you kind of are balancing that load a little bit. And yeah, a lot of stuff you're carrying in an IFAC aren't really that heavy in the first place anyway not that an lcp is that heavy i mean it's like what like a 15 ounce gun or something so it's pretty lightweight but you know it's still a pound um question about you know wearing weights ankle weights to get used to it i i guess you could but i wouldn't recommend you know you know i wouldn't wear ankle weights more than a pound or two because most of your guns are not going to especially for ankle care you're not going to want to a, 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 you know most of your guns are going to be in the 15 to 22 ounce range Mm -hmm. Right. So, so we're talking a pound, maybe a pound and a half. So, um, <clears throat> all right, Matthew, I think we recognize that ankle carry is probably not ideal as a primary, but there are some contexts where it actually makes a lot of sense, or at least more sense as a potential primary carry option. Uh, can you think of any of that that might be? Yeah. Driving. I mean, driving presents, drawing from a holster inside a vehicle presents its own challenges, right? Whether it's from the appendix 
uh, small back. Some people say, well, that's why I carry cross draw or that's why I carry shoulder in the car and things like that. Um, certainly as you're seated in a seated position, it's natural to be able to get to the gun in that position. Um, so it may make sense if you're in the vehicle, you drive a lot, but you have to understand that it's it's a little bit difficult because you still have to get underneath the steering wheel and get to that gun. So, I mean, while it does facilitate a little bit easier of a draw because you don't have to get down into a kneeling position, um, I would still argue that you would probably have an easier draw if you carried appendix uh, position in the first place, even if in a vehicle. Now, I know some people say, well, it's not as, co- as comfortable. I don't you know, we, this isn't about appendix carry, but I'm just saying um, it's in a seated position. You definitely have a little bit of an easier time getting to that ankle uh, ankle gun. So if you work in an office environment, you know, 90 percent of your time you're sitting behind a computer, you know, that that may be very comfortable for you. And, and maybe that's how you carry, because, um, you know, maybe you carry you wear a T-shirt tucked in or something at, at work, um, like a, a work shirt that's tucked in and you can't really conceal. You don't have a holster that will conceal uh, well enough and you wear dress clothes. And maybe that's maybe that's the way you go. And and, and so that may be, you know, your primary uh, method to carry would be, you know, ankle carry. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, so I, I've uh, th- and there actually was a time where I spent a lot more time in the seat of my truck than I do currently. I mean, where I was driving and sometimes an insane amount of you know hours uh, in the vehicle on a daily commute or whatever. Uh, back when I had a construction business, I was all over the place. Sometimes this Denver metro area, uh, I might you know start the morning on a job in southeast, you know. Uh, on the southeast side of the metro, and by afternoon have to be completely on the opposite side of town, you know. So you're spending, and you got traffic to deal with. So you're, you know, a lot of time in the vehicle, and so that starts to make maybe some more sense. Now that was before I was a big uh, appendix carrier, and now I would just carry appendix like all the time, right? Because it just works for all those contexts that previously. You know, I had other options that maybe made a little more sense uh, since appendix wasn't really my my choice at the time. But, uh, you know, I know some some individuals that are going to find the ankle carry a little bit more comfortable and they spend a lot of time in their vehicle. So, you know, yes, it's a little bit easier to get to a gun in the appendix position than even the ankle position. But it's not bad, especially with practice uh, from from a seated position in a vehicle or you spend a lot of time in, in a seated position anywhere, you know, in in an office working or whatever. And uh, we have to recognize that, you know, I mean, context should come into play. Your environment, what you're expecting to encounter for the most part. I mean, obviously, anytime we are violently attacked, it's almost never what we expect, when we expect, how we expect. But, uh, you know, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm working in, you know, kind of a white collar job and it's a, you know, good neighborhood and a clean environment and I'm wearing slacks and a tucked in, you know, button shirt most of the time. Uh, well, ankle carry might be a little bit easier for me to carry uh, concealed successfully than maybe trying to go with a tuckable holster on the way somewhere while still trying to maintain that professional dress. But Matthew, let's talk about some other non-traditional carry methods. I, I say non-traditional. So let me define non-traditional in my world. Non-traditional is anytime it's not on, basically on your waist, mm-hmm. right? Traditionally, you carry a gun on or around your waist. So as soon as we leave the waist 
in my world becomes non-traditional. So, so one of those first other non-traditional methods would be pocket carry. So let's let's just talk about that real quick. And I'll just throw out that while ankle carry doesn't make sense in a lot in probably most contexts for most people as a primary weapon carry position, pocket carry is one of those that while it's still not ideal as say carrying on your waist, it it's still workable and usable and uh, can function. You know, you can you can do it pretty pretty well and pretty quickly from a pocket, especially with practice and with a good quality pocket holster. And so, pocket carry would be another non traditional method that actually probably can pass as a primary carry position as a primary weapon, uh, as opposed to ankle. It, it really is, in my in my opinion, a secondary option. So what, what are your thoughts about, say, pocket carry? And yeah, what are some I, tips for people to have the greatest chance of success? Yeah, I agree totally. Um, I think when you look at pocket carry, obviously, depending on the size of the person will dictate the size of the pockets, right? So my pockets aren't going to be as big as your pockets. So um, what I can fit in my pocket uh, probably like a, a snub nose revolver, maybe an LCP type, uh, uh, gun like that, or some of the real sub micro compacts. Um, and so, yeah, they're definitely, um, I have seen some people draw from pocket holsters, you know, very quickly. Um, I think when you go down that road, you just have to start saying, well, what are, because you are going to give up something, right? You're going to give up capacity with you, with the size of the gun. Um, so what are you going to give up? And, and typically I would say um, my recommendation would be that if you're going to carry a pocket holster, it's pro or carry in a pocket holster, it's probably going to be something that may be double action only like a double action, uh, double action, single action revolver or a double action only semi-auto um, just for me, because yeah, you are going to have it in a, in, in a holster in your pocket. But um, for me, it's just, it's a little bit different of a draw and it's a little bit different trying to get it out through clothing and stuff like that. So for me, um, I would carry something that even if it was a semi-auto, that was a double action only just because you have that longer trigger pull. Um, but I know plenty of, uh, of people that carry, I even, um, when I would go outside and I was cutting the grass or mowing the lawn or whatever, and I had like, you know, a tank top on or no shirts in the summertime, I throw like a revolver in my pocket, um, cargo pockets and, uh, and, and you're good to go. So I think pocket carry is, is definitely viable for like uh, a primary carry. If you're doing something like that, like athletic wise, you're walking around the beach or something like that. And you, you know, you can't carry something uh, that's sticking out over above your waist. Cause you might take off your shirt or something yep. like that. So. Yep. Question from Eric. And you kind of touched on this already. He asked, what pistol would you recommend for pocket carrying? And yeah, so like a, a double action revolver, particularly one that's been, uh, or it's basically been dehorned, you know, it'd be one, one, way of describing that, uh, perhaps like an internal hammer or a bobbed hammer, uh, something like a Ruger LCR is, you know, definitely one of those, uh, that would qualify where the hammer is internal, uh, or it's shrouded in some way and everything else about the design of the gun is kind of done so that it minimizes chance for snagging. Uh, so that would be, you know, honestly, any, just about any gun where you could ensure that it's going to draw from a pocket 
smoothly is probably fine for pocket carry. Uh, obviously, you're going to be limited to stuff that's fairly small on the smaller side of things. Uh, so this same LCP2 I have in this ankle holster is also my go-to for a pocket gun. Uh, and I've got a DeSantis pocket holster. Uh, what do they call that model? It's it's inexpensive, but I believe it's you know adequate for the purpose. Where I, whereas I see some other pocket holsters, like some of the ones that are kind of just like a neoprene, you know, Mm-hmm. sack basically right. uh i don't i don't trust uh it's the material is a lot softer and not as in fact even the pocket holster that comes like there's one that comes with the ruger lcp i don't like it i wouldn't trust it uh it, it might the thing is is when when the material is new that's the thing right when it's new it works okay and it it, it it's probably dang near impossible to manage to get something to push through that material and activate the trigger. But you carry in a pocket and it's in there, say every day for a Mm -hmm. few weeks and it starts getting really, you know, that, that thing gets broken in and it gets really soft and you start to see that material get to where it makes me nervous. Right. Uh, Leather. We have to be cautious about actually, you know, and honestly, just about any pocket holster uh, that is not, kydex or polymer and there are some of those options as well there are pocket holsters that are a kydex holster essentially and they're pretty cleverly designed uh i find that those ones tend to print a little bit more than probably the softer rounder options uh but uh but they're definitely safe the so all everything else your neoprene whatever stuff uh the desantis one i I don't know what it's made out of it has some kind of synthetic material on the outside it's sort of rubbery and it sticks in the pocket but the gun slides out really nicely uh then there's also leather ones too and their leather's okay but again over time it'll start to break in more and more and that area around the trigger and trigger guard could get softer and softer and can cause problems and in fact there's a well-documented incident of i think an off-duty cop that had a gun discharge in his pocket because that leather holster had gotten so worn and so soft to where the material around the trigger and trigger guard just like folded into the into the trigger guard and was able to depress the trigger and that's the thing like we think well i can't get my finger to push this in and i can't reach that trigger but Material can get soft and can fold in on itself. And that I've seen that a few times. So you got to watch for that stuff. So um, anyway, just about any small gun I think is is fine. Uh, we want it to be snag free and uh, double action revolvers with no hammer exposed or whatever. They work great in this context. I, I have also carried my revolver in the pocket. And the cool thing about revolvers is they have a little bit different profile than a semi-auto. Yeah. Semi-autos are kind of blocky and square. And when well, you know, when when they're paired with a well-done holster, it just sort of looks like a wallet, which so that can work really well. But revolvers, because of the nature of their shape and you know, you, you have the cylinder that's a little bit more of a bump. I mean, I just think that they I definitely have seen where they kind of print and and if you know what you're looking for, you can kind of see them, but they just seem like they probably break up the outline a little bit better. So I don't know. It sounds like you, your experience in that is uh, similar to mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I personally think the revolver makes a perfect like backup 
pocket gun if you if that's what you're you know you want to carry a backup pocket gun or you want to yep. carry a gun in the pocket i just think the revolver is perfect for that i i will mention that um i you know the, that's the new sig 365 came out with i think that then they say they had like these the, those integrated sites that you know yeah, they, the sas model right so and i was thinking and, and i i was you know, I said, Hey, I didn't know this, you know, this was a, ne- a necessity. Like I've never had sites really getting snag on things. And then Josh, one of uh, the editor was like, Hey, well, what if you pocket carry? And I'm like, I'm looking at this 365. I'm like, there's no way I can pocket carry this gun. But you know, and that's just because of my own kind of innate biases. Like I'm looking at the gun and I'm looking at my pocket. And I'm like, no way. But yeah, there are people that you know, God made larger than me. So they probably mm-hmm. can pocket carry a 365. So unbelievably, like now that we, you could pocket carry a gun that might have 12 rounds capacity or, you know, 10, 11 round capacity is, is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's a good question from Tim. How easy is it to draw from the pocket if you're mm-hmm. sitting? That is a fair question. Yeah. It is not easy not, is the not. answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, I think pocket carry is not ideal for uh, uh, trying to draw from a seated position. You kind of have to straighten out your body and straighten out your legs to uh, to, to make that work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, what, uh, give that some thought and make sure that uh, you know how you're going to deal with that. If particularly if that is your primary gun at this point, you know, in a pocket, and how are you going to access it in some of those less ideal circumstances like you know, in a seated position in a vehicle, for instance, and in pocket carry seated in a vehicle can be even more problematic uh, because you might have even a seatbelt right over top of the pocket. So Mm -hmm. that complicates it even further. Says here, I've lost my stream to Facebook. Hmm. I think you're still live. Uh, I'm just going to confirm that. (laughs) I still see you. Looks like it's working. I don't know why it's telling me that it's not. That's silly. It's fake news. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just making sure it's not a delay that I, you know, I'm look that I'm watching the delay. Uh, yep, looks like it's still working. Hmm, I have no idea why it tells me it's not. All right, onward and upward. We've got about 10, 10 more minutes here. Um, Matt, so Matthew, actually, you you brought up the SAS model, the P three sixty five SAS, and you know, I I'm kind of like with you a little bit to some extent in that the sites I don't think are going to cause that much of an issue, but I will say this: that clearly the way that that three sixty five SAS has been designed is that thing is probably not snagging on anything, right? So, and and that is the use case for that gun, by the way. So I, I've seen a lot of hype and I'm in some different, you know, Facebook groups and stuff. Like there's a P365 group that I'm in and like, there's a lot of hype. A lot of people are like, oh, I got to buy the latest and greatest. I got to go buy that SAS. And I'm thinking, do you know why you're buying that gun? Because really the, the whole purpose of that gun is for what we're talking about here today. So if you're not thinking that it's going to be a dedicated pocket gun or a dedicated ankle gun or something like that, then you probably are better suited off or you're probably better suited with a standard P365, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, I, folks, you know, just give that some thought, you know, understand the purpose and the reason why you are choosing the gun you're choosing. Uh, if you're as, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell anybody what they can't buy or shouldn't buy necessarily. Uh, but you, 
that that particular site, the metro the MeproLite site that is integrated into the slide on those SAS guns, while it's pretty cool and I think, you know, you can definitely shoot fine with it. I don't think it's as ideal for most people. And so you need to understand that and you should probably spend some time really getting familiar with it because uh, it, it's kind of similar to shooting a red dot and arguably even a little bit more difficult than a red dot. And what I mean by that is that much like with a red dot sight mounted on a, on a handgun where you can kind of lose the dot because you don't have things perfectly indexed, you know, with, with the gun and where it's pointed and, and your grip and everything. And so, oh, where did my dot go? And then you're trying to find the dot. Uh, at least in the case of at least how most guns should be set up with a red dot on the slide where you should also have the, uh, the option for backup iron sights. So my default is if I lose the dot, find my iron sights and, my, and I will find my dot. In the case of that MeproLite site, there's, a, there's two potential problems there. Number one, it's got a lot smaller window, if we can call it that, where you see a dot. And I know some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Just go look up the P365 SAS model, and you'll see this site's integrated into the slide. And when you're looking at the back of the slide, it's basically flush with the top. And it's honestly, it's really clever how sick. I mean, I have never seen anybody do anything like this, mm-hmm. which is cool because those that I have seen mounted with this MeproLite site, it's just like mounted on top of the slide. And it's just kind of like a site, like, okay, whatever. The way they did this SAS gun is really, really clever. It's it's pretty cool. But basically what you have is a tube with a an illuminated dot inside of it. And it's not, it's not, it doesn't run off batteries or anything like that. It's using fiber optics during the day and it has tritium in there as well that lights it up at night in low light conditions. But that little tube you're basically looking through, you know, into, uh, and you don't see your target through that tube. You have to superimpose this over your target. And in that tube, you'll see your dot, right? And and, and you kind of, there is a ring around that dot. And like, there's some things about how it's designed to kind of help guide your eye to find the dot and get everything lined up. But let's just say that it's, uh, the forgiveness factor is not, as forgiving as even just having a red dot on your gun, right? Because you can be a little bit more misaligned with a red dot and still kind of see the dot on the edge of, of the window of your red dot. But with those MeproLites, if you get, you know, not that far out of alignment, it can be really challenging sometimes to find where that dot is in that site and get it back on target. So just some food for food for thought. I know that's a little bit of a, of a tangent, but I thought it was relevant based on, you know, it came up as part of the conversation and, you know, as far as guns that are designed to be sort of anti-snag. And that's actually what SAS stands for. It stands for, I think, SIG anti-snag. Hmm. And, and the 365 is not the first SAS model they've ever released. They've got other guns they've released in the past, even like years ago that they labeled SAS and kind of rounded the edges on them and, you know, s- smoother sights and stuff like that. So... Yeah, yeah, it is interesting for sure. Um, okay, so I think I realize now what it was telling me. I've lost my connection. I I don't have uh, comments from Facebook coming through oh, anymore. Got it, got it, got it. That's that's what it was. I thought it was the video had had been lost. Uh, okay, so we're we're still learning this new program and this whole live streaming thing, uh, especially to Facebook and YouTube. But overall, seems to be working pretty well. A few things I gotta you know kind of figure out and work through, but. Anyhow, uh, all right, so we're down to just a couple of minutes, Matthew. Uh, 
there are other non-traditional carry methods that uh, I kind of thought we'd have a little more time to talk about, but Riley went off on a tangent. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, what are maybe some of the last thoughts or words that you might have as we start to wrap this up? Yeah, I think, um, and we could probably even touch on this in another episode sometime about, you know, shoulder carry, because I know there's a lot of people that ask a question about, like, is it even safe because the way you're carrying it, it's pointing at people all the time. They get that question a lot. Um, Off-body carry, um, as far, you know, either purse carry for women or I don't know what messenger bag or satchel or whatever you want to call it for guys, purse, merce. Um, but I think, you know, and when I first uh, started doing this concealed carry stuff, I was like, no, I would never carry off body. Like I can understand how some people would. And I was never one of those like anti off body carry. Like if you do, you're wrong. Like don't ever do it. You're stupid. Like um, you'll be, you know, you'll, you'll be killed or whatever. Um, it definitely presents some challenges, but it can be overcome. And I, I'm kind of warming up to the idea that, you know, maybe some of these like uh, messenger bag type carry methods in certain, in certain environments may be a pretty legitimate way to go. Um, and maybe that's another, a whole nother, uh, episode, but, uh, I'm starting to kind of warm up to the, to those a little bit more, I, you know, um, but they definitely, they certainly force you to take into other considerations, not just how you draw and present the gun, but what are you doing with that bag when, you know, you're not, you you don't have it wrapped around your your shoulder or whatnot. Yep. Well. I think some of my final thoughts would be so here'd be one other kind of final thing to consider uh, as it relates. We we've really kind of focused on pocket and ankle carry today, uh, and, and I think these two methods of carry actually have one thing in common uh, potentially, and, and as related to this this comment that I'm about to give, and that is that the particularly where these are being carried as a backup gun. And again, I think an ankle gun makes more sense as a backup. So this definitely applies a little more to the ankle gun concept. But what I'm getting at is particularly where they're used as a backup, you might give some consideration to carrying them to where it's drawn with your non-dominant hand. Right. Think about it. So why would we want or need a backup? Well, a couple options. One, you might run out of ammo with your primary gun. It's possible. Not likely in a lot of civilian you know, gunfights, but it's possible. Maybe your primary gun breaks, right? Something malfunctions. Maybe your gun gets struck by a bullet in a fight. Puts it and puts it out of the fight. And in the process of that, it might put your shooting hand out of the fight. Right. So, so carrying a backup, there's a lot of reasons why you might want to carry a backup. And you might just give it some thought as to carrying that backup in a manner where you can draw it if you're right handed instead with your left hand. So instead of carrying on your left ankle as righty, you might carry on your right ankle inside the leg for a left hand draw, or you might carry a backup gun in a pocket and a left pocket or a pocket you can draw with your left hand. So I'd give that some thought, right? Because that's particularly where maybe you're just in a fight. And maybe, maybe it starts out as, a, I don't know, a, a knife fight. And you get slashed with a knife on your primary hand and cuts through tendons. And now you can't even you know work the fingers on your 
primary hand, your your right hand if you're right-handed. And so it might be faster to draw a backup gun from, say, a left pocket than to try to reach across your body and draw your primary gun that's set up for a right-handed draw. You see what I mean? So that would kind of, you know, I think just I would probably kind of leave it there uh, for today's topic that that's not something that probably – a lot of concealed carriers are, are really thinking. I know that's something that I see discussed a little bit more in some of my law enforcement communities. Uh, I, I definitely know some cops out there that off-duty, you know, they're, they're carrying both on and off-duty a primary and a secondary gun. And they'll have that secondary set up specifically to be drawn with their secondary or non-dominant hand. Right on, man. Yeah. Interesting as always. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think so <laughs> or else people wouldn't listen. Right. <laughs> right. 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 So uh, with that, it's time to wrap it up. We got to let Matthew go. And uh, so again, today's episode made possible by the wilderness tactical ankle cuff. This is actually the ankle holster. And uh, so the ankle cuffs available for sale on the concealed site. It's ideal for using to set up an, an ankle IFAC, an individual first aid kit, primarily with the, with the idea of uh, say like trauma in mind, like carrying a, a tourniquet, maybe quick clot, you know, uh, Israeli bandage or something like that. Compression bandage of some sort. Uh, that's how I've got my ankle cuff set up. Works great. Available for sale at the concealed online store. And uh, you can also, we don't have the ankle holster, at least not currently listed on the store, but if you like what you see here and you like how this one's set up and you like this nice soft material on the inside, I'll tell you, I like, I like this ankle holster quite a lot. In fact, I've got another one from another brand that I, I, I've, I wore a couple of times, but kind of gave up on it. So this Wilderness Tactical one works great. We appreciate Wilderness Tactical for their support of everything we do and uh, check them out. Uh, concealedcarry.com. Again, we sell the ankle cuff. And if you're interested in the ankle holster, at least for right now, you could head over to thewilderness.com. And then finally, Guardian Nation. GuardianNation.com is a place you can find out details about the membership. And we'd love to see you a part of the nation. Go to GuardianNation.com, learn about the uh, benefits and you know, I think you'll see very quickly why you want to at least consider joining. And if you just need a little extra push, take advantage of free 14-day trial at concealedcarry.com forward slash 14 day. Check it out. Absolutely. So, Matthew, I hope you have a great day and a and great weekend ahead of you. And uh, I think you're doing the whole parent-teacher conference uh, sort of thing. So that's always yeah. fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> We'll find out what, how my daughter's really doing, right? <laughs> I'm sure she's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it was you, you yeah. know, the report on, that'd be a whole other uh, story. I hated school. <laughs> so glad I'm done. <laughs> well, good, good. Well, again, you know, have a great weekend and, and be safe. And to all of our listeners out there, you should all be safe as well and have a great weekend. And don't forget to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. 